Hi, I'm here with Daisy Martinez. Daisy is an educator turned designer, and she's also my boss. During a work conversation, I found out she knows more about astrology than any other person I think I've met in my life, which is saying something because I live in Austin, Texas. So today she's going to talk to me about astrology and her spiritual journey, as well as the spiritual journey we all take. Hi, Paige. Thank you for having me on. I'm very excited to basically talk about my favorite topic ever and give you my TED Talk. Perfect. So let's get started. Assuming the listener is a total novice, can you explain astrology in your own words? I can try. Essentially, it's like a personality inventory, and I know that there's a lot of them out there, but it's it's also so much deeper than that because I know so many of our ancient civilizations used astrology to like guide agriculture, stuff like that. But it also has ties to like Greek mythology, which I also am unaware of or not don't have that much information on. I would define astrology as similar to other personality inventories that currently exist. It's just a way to get to know yourself on a deeper level and kind of get a holistic view of your personality. So why astrology instead of one of the other personality inventories you might know of? Why astrology over the Myers-Briggs or Enneagram or the Big Five? What really drew you to this specific framework? I actually like all of them. I think all of that just came from when I was younger. People would say certain comments about me or like not negative, positive, whatever it was. But I would be like, that's interesting. I wouldn't define myself like that. Like I wouldn't think that of myself. And again, it could be positive or negative. And I I love that they are tools to like be able to define yourself how you want to be defined. What is your sign? That's a great question. So I am a Scorpio. That is my sun sign. My rising sign is Leo. My moon is in Libra. And just my big six. My Mercury is in Libra as well. My Venus is in Scorpio. And my Mars is in Leo. Okay, so I have no idea what any of that means. I hear people talk about moon, sun, and rising. What do those mean? And the other planets you mentioned, what does each planet rule? That's such a good question. Um, I always think of like, and you've probably felt this way as a (laughs) where people kind of attribute certain traits to a sign and then they think, oh, you know, you're the, you're so you're this, 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 and you don't fit in the category or align with any of those traits. So I think your rising and your moon, as, along with the other plants that I mentioned, just help create that clearer picture. So your sun is at the core who you are. Your moon is your moods, your emotions, your feelings, and your reactions. It, it tends to be who you are at your core, your inner world. Your rising sign is how you're perceived. A lot of people have said that it's kind of like the mask that you wear. And so, for example, like if you're a you might come off as another kind of sign. And then I mentioned also the big six. So that includes also Mercury. And Mercury is a planet that rules communication, how you think. And then Venus. So Venus is how you love. And Mars is, without going too in-depth, so Mars is back to the Greek mythology. Mars is tied to the god of war. And so that is how you, or the planet of war now, 
that is how you take action and it's tied to any like it could it could also be tied to like physical attraction and anything like that noted i'd actually never heard of the planet ruling that's very interesting can you describe each sign uh yes so i'll start with aries which is actually the start of the zodiac so aries i would say self-assured next would be taurus and I would say that they are grounding. Then there's Gemini, and I always say that they're dynamic. Cancer, I would say nurturing. Leo, I would say like radiant, like like a star quality about them. Virgo, I would say analytical. Libra, I would say social. Scorpio, I would say, hmm, so hard to describe. I would say introspective. I think. And then Sagittarius, which Paige and I, we've talked about this, but I would say chaotic. And that could be like chaotic good or chaotic bad. <laughs> and then Capricorn, I would say it makes me think of like maturity in, in a way. Aquarius, I would say unique. And then Pisces, I would say creative. Which sign would you not want to date? That is so funny. I think that a lot of signs... Like there's like the main ones that like everybody, that everybody shit talks. And that's like Gemini, Scorpio, Capricorns. There's some that are just known for like a lot of people just do not mess with those signs. For me, signs that I wouldn't date and it, it'd be hilarious if I end up marrying this sign or something. But I, I don't know if I even want to say this, but I, I'm not a huge fan of like Sagittarius qualities. I think there's something about me and my chart that just doesn't get along with that too well i recently had a relationship with a pisces man which if you just look up on the internet pisces man <laughs> you'll see why they're not my favorite virgo men i'm also not a huge fan of but i've never dated one and i've also never dated a sagittarius but those are not my favorite <laughs> so that's so interesting because based on the way you describe sagittarius to me i assumed you had had a bad relationship with one like a bad friendship or a bad romantic relationship Sounds like you're avoiding them or you don't want to be in a relationship with them based on qualities you've seen in other Sagittariuses or maybe on their chart. Is that right? Am I on the money? Am I not? Can you tell me more? Yeah, of course. And I feel like you could say that about any sign. And, it, you know, we've also talked about compatibility. So there's just some some signs that are going to do it for you that are like, you know, I like them because they possess opposite traits that I have or like I like them because the astrological terms would be like conjunct so like we have the same sign or we're trine meaning we're of the same element or we're in opposition meaning like we're opposites for me for whatever reason I think Sagittarius traits come off a little bit harsher and I have seen that in friends peers siblings <laughs> And again, I, I think astrology, all it is at the end of the day is like patterns and patterns of personality. But I think also there's probably underlying layers of other planets that also those people might possess that don't align with, you know, traits that I would look for in friends or partners. That brings me to my next question, which is, do you believe certain signs are more compatible with others? And what happens if you fall in love or want to be friends with someone who's not compatible with your sign? 
Yeah, I feel like this is what makes astrology so interesting because I think everybody wants to know, like, you know, either your soulmate, your best friend, like, why do I like these people? Why do I not like these people? And it's funny because it all just happens naturally. It's not like you have to actively seek certain signs, like you just end up having that compatibility. So I mentioned trine. So when you're in trine with another sign, that means you're of the same element. So I'm a water sun and my chart is very much water ruled. So I tend to get along with people that have cancer placements or Pisces placements because we we like to be very emotional. <laughs> and it's easier to relate with somebody when you you can kind of get to their their emotional side. And so if if you look at my friends and the people that I am closest to in life, they tend to be water signs. So it's not me actively seeking them. It's just we just attract each other because we're in the same element. When it comes to love, I would say that is the trickiest one. So I mentioned that Venus is one of the planets in astrology. And so Venus rules all things love and beauty. And so that is how you love and how you express your love. But then there's also Mars, which is <laughs> which is how you take action. And it's kind of like the other side of love, if you get what I mean, <laughs> the action side of love. And so for those two planets to be trine or conjunct conjunct meaning of the same sign like that is when you're going to see peak compatibility so you might think of like a friend of the opposite sex or same sex or whatever that things have just always been friendly but have never been like more than that that's probably because there's that attraction just isn't there there's no compatibility there but that doesn't mean that you don't like them as a person and that also tends to happen quite a bit in relationships it's like oh we you know we got along like our the way we communicated was perfect the way we handled and talked through our emotions was great but then there were just aspects that didn't work like you could pretty much <laughs> name that on your birth chart of why that kind of wasn't going to go in the direction that you might have wanted it to do you think that when someone is planning to get romantically involved with someone or thinking about it should they compare their charts i think I don't know. I, I can see both approaches being being like, you know, you really want to get informed. You don't want to waste your time. <laughs> but there's something about just like letting the universe bring whoever is meant to be in your life, letting them kind of show up and then their character will just speak to whether they'll stay in your life or not. But what I, I, I usually obviously I want to know their birthday. <laughs> then maybe like two dates later, I'll, I'll ask them for their birth time. Sometimes guys will will give that weird look of like are you doing something witchy like why do you want that information and so I, I, I try to at least I, I, I don't know I think it's just a personal preference but I don't want to just look at it all at once like I just met this person I need to know your birth time I need to know all of your planets all of your houses that seems kind of overwhelming <laughs> but I do do it eventually especially if I'm like very interested in whoever I'm dating have you ever flat out dumped someone based on their chart no but when we break up, that's kind of when I do the reflecting of like, oh, wow. Okay, I'm a Scorpio Venus. My ex-boyfriend was Aries Venus. On paper, you might think like those are two Mars ruled Venus signs. And they're also kind of like not great placements <laughs> individually. So it's like to put them together, like it just did not make sense so I think like when you're when you have like those rose-colored eyes you're like but what if it's like we're like the exception of like it makes perfect sense for us <laughs> 
So yeah, I do it retroactively where I'm like, oh, okay, well, all information is good information. I probably won't do that again. <laughs> what are planets and what are houses? Really good question. Planets are obviously things like Mercury, Venus, Mars. But then there's also planets like, for example, your moon in astrology is still considered a planet. The sun is considered a planet. And so these are just elements of your birth charts. And so your birth chart itself has 12 houses. And so of the six of the planets that I mentioned, there's so much more. There's also Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, Pluto. There's like non-planet aspects to like Chiron, Juno, like all of them fall into like this wheel. I guess you don't have to look at it in a wheel, but visually it helps me. And so if you think of this big wheel, there's 12 different kind of pies <laughs> that you could divvy it up. And so those would be your houses. So each of those 12 houses touch on different topics of your life. For example, the first house, that's your self, that's your appearance, that's anything that's relating to the body or your approach to life. The second house is anything that has to do with money, work, income, or even your job. The third is the house of communication. So that's the mind, that's also siblings. Like it's, it's all kind of like random, like really random things in the house. <laughs> The fourth house is tied to the home. It's tied to family. It's tied to femininity as well. And then the fifth house is, I think, the fun house. It's about romance. It's about love, affairs, and play, and adventure, and drama. <laughs> and then the sixth house is about health, fitness, organization. The seventh house is, I think, for me, probably one of the, the houses that I look at the most, especially when you're talking about compatibility in that house rules, relationships, marriage, partnership. The eighth house is sex. <laughs> it's marriage. It's inheritance. It's your partner's resources. Nine, the ninth house is about travel, higher education, religion, the 10th house is career, your public image and reputation. The 11th house is your friends, your groups. And then the 12th house is all about the end of life stuff, the, the karma, the subconscious. It's definitely a, a very important house. And it, it's super interesting because it's one thing to know your planets and know, oh, I, I communicate in this certain way. But like that communication planet falls in a house that might make it a super focused or like a house tends it can be empty so what does it mean when it's empty like it, to me that's kind of like where I'm having the most fun just learning all about it so you mentioned communication and planets I always hear people talk about mercury being in retrograde what does that mean and why does everyone blame airplanes not working based on it that is such a good question. And I'm glad you phrased it in that way, because it's also tough when people frame it with like something that's not related to Mercury, but travel, transportation, communication, technology, Mercury rules all of that. <laughs> and so when Mercury goes retrograde, I like sometimes I don't even feel it anymore because all any planet that goes retrograde, all it's doing is reminding us that like life isn't predictable. You can't make the assumption that every flight that you take is going to be an easy flight. A few retrogrades ago, my email stopped working. <laughs> 
And it was just like, of course, of course it happened during Mercury retrograde. Or like there was an experience where like me and my friends flew out and all of our flights just got rerouted. All of us got there at such different times. I think it's like having some grace and humor to it because I, I think it's it's just the universe trying to like trick you and challenge you a little bit. But yeah, so that's typically Mercury retrograde. But every planet goes retrograde. So currently we are in a Mars retrograde. And so that again, Mars is like a planet of action and wanting to do things. And so when it's in retrograde or any planet is in retrograde, that means it's sitting in one in one sign for a long time. And from outer space, it doesn't look like it's making any progress. It doesn't look like it's moving. And so it's staying in that sign. And sometimes it's in a sign that that planet really likes. So Mars, for example, really likes fiery signs because it's assigned to Aries. Aries is also tied to war and action and aggression. And then sometimes when it's in a sign like Gemini, which is more logical and thoughtful and I always use the word calculating, but... (laughs) But it's not in a bad way. I think when you're calculated, that means you're th- you're thoughtful and intentional. And a planet like that doesn't always like to be <laughs> in that space. It wants to take action. And so you you end up seeing some discomfort or just more aggression or just it shows up differently for everybody. But yeah, those are usually what retrogrades are like. So it's funny when like somebody's like, I don't know, there's so much that you can blame on Mercury retrograde that it's hard to think of things not. So for example, like, of course, you you get car issues. Like you get a flat tire, you get like the the engine sign on during Mercury retrograde, or like you miss the bus, <laughs> like stuff like that. But there are some things that are like that's just life. <laughs> like that's not tied to Mercury retrograde. I've actually never heard about the fact that other planets can be in retrograde before. I've only ever heard about Mercury retrograde. Why is that? Why do people focus on that one specific planet and that one specific retrograde? I have no idea, but like I mentioned, I think maybe because actually I I wouldn't even know why, because to me, I think that our lunar cycles are far more important in terms of changes that we see every single month, changes that we see every two weeks, every full moon, followed by a new moon. We just came out of a lunar eclipse season and a solar eclipse season. So those are just more frequent. And I don't know about you, but like this week we did have or last week we had a full moon and there was some trouble sleeping. There was just a lot of feelings, a lot of aggression, maybe like because it was like in the same sign as the Mars retrograde. To me, I think that there should be more emphasis on the moon. How do you feel when people use these planetary retrogrades? Is that right? Planetary retrogrades? Yes. Good. I got it. Okay. How do you feel when they blame things that are going on in their lives on it? Or maybe they're using it as an excuse. Like if someone doesn't show up on time, then they're like, sorry, Mercury is in retrograde. Or something like that. That was a very PC example of something someone might apologize for. How do you feel and how do you respond? I don't know. I would say that of all of the things that would bother me, that's probably <laughs> not going to be high on my list at all. I, I do think that like sometimes things happen and like people don't take a moment to think about like, well, what's happening in the sky right now? Because that might actually be impacting me. So if somebody is taking that additional <laughs> knowledge to just think about like, I am just a little being on a major thing then maybe it's like that but maybe maybe it is just an excuse and like a way to get out of things you never know 
that makes me wonder, how much of life do you believe is fate versus free will? How much do you think we have control over and how much do you think is predetermined by our stars? That's a really great question. I wouldn't say that I don't believe that we have free will or anything like that, but I I definitely do think that they're the lives before us you know, weren't just things of the past. I think that they were definitely building towards something and informing us and shaping our world as it is today in the same way that we're shaping and building the worlds that are, you know, to come. And as far as like how how much are we ruled by the stars, I my friend who sometimes has to like talk me out of my <laughs> my what sometimes feels and sounds like delusions. She says that like sometimes astrology is just like the climate, you know, it's it's not the, the weather. It's like the forecast, you know, but then, you know, what actually happens that day and what, you know, what makes of it like it's still completely up to you. And that's where you kind of see like you probably might relate to a lot of or you or you don't because there's there's a lot of like just differences and nuances in how how people would come into their own terms. I, I know a lot of this topic becomes even more controversial when it comes to aspects of trauma, which are all like really heavy topics. And I, I, I don't think that there's like a necessarily a straightforward answer to that. Do you think that you were a Scorpio in a past life? And do you think you've oh. Sorry, Emma. Do you think that you were always born under the Scorpio sun, right? Scorpio sun? Okay, good. I was nervous about not getting that right. I was trying to keep track of all the houses and the planet. And I was like, I can't get her chart wrong. Shoot, she just told me it. Scorpio sun. Do you think you're always a Scorpio sun? It's funny because we inherit our charts also, which is like a weird thing to say. For example, my mom is a Scorpio moon. And so it's like you're always going to inherit some aspect of your parents into who you are. And so I don't know what time my mom was born. I don't think she knows either. But there's an entire house dedicated to children. And so that's the fourth house. And so potentially there's a lot of aspects of my chart that might fall into hers or my dad's or, you know, my siblings got that aspects of it so you know and like what did my grandma's chart look like I do think that there are some like there's some validity to that for sure of like I do think and then you all another thing that I'm kind of noticing as I'm like connecting with cousins now that I'm older and stuff is like oh you also have a lot of Scorpio placements my sister has Scorpio placements my mom has Scorpio placements so it's there's always a trend another sign that's really popular in my family is cancer my dad is a cancer. My sister is a cancer. A lot of cousins are cancers. I don't know. I guess everybody should just take an inventory of like their family's zodiac signs and astrological signs and see if there's like trends because I, I think it's interesting. So I would say I do think my I, it was inherited. Like I do think I was meant to be a Scorpio. So you know that I am a now. How quickly did you guess that I was a based on our interactions? I would say fairly quickly. For me, it's I'm always down to like three signs. And I think it's like the more you interact with somebody, I feel like I've gotten really good at pinning it. But you are very curious. You ask a lot of questions. And like it kind of like this childlike wonder and just information, receiving information and getting information is very important to you. And so I kind of noticed that immediately. And again, I love these traits in people and I love 
And so to me, I, I picked up on that because to me, that's very textbook. And sometimes you don't really get textbook qualities like that. I mean, my podcast is called I Don't Know Anything. Okay. So when we're looking at the signs and their elements, can you tell me what fire, water, earth, and air, what do those mean? What do those signify? What do those signs all have in common? Or do they share common traits? Are they more compatible with each other? Or are they less compatible? Can you tell me what's going on with that? So the elements, there's, like you mentioned, there's four. So the one that I obviously know the most about is water. And so that's just... I feel like that's when you kind of get into the stereotypes of things. So water being emotional, water being kind of like the tides up and down. But water signs are also very intuitive. They're so guided by their inner knowing and their emotions. They tend to lean sometimes, not all the time, obviously, but they tend to deal more with the irrationality (laughs) of things, whereas an air sign is a little bit more avoidant of heavier feelings and they tend to really value logic. They tend to value rationality and information. Fire signs are all about action. It's funny, just like in my personal life, my my family has a lot of water signs, earth signs, and then my niece comes along and she's the first Aries that we've ever that I've ever really like interacted with and she just has all of this confidence <laughs> in like words that come from. But that's what I think of when I think of fire signs. And there's also a lot of passion and theatrics <laughs> that can come with that. And then earth is kind of grounding and they tend to be a little bit more centered just as logic and rational as as an air sign, but also kind of like nurturing too, like you would attribute to a water sign. I have very little earth in my chart, so I would say that that's kind of like the sign that I don't really resonate with a whole lot. And in terms of compatibility, so each element has three signs. And so if the other signs of your element, like those are your sister signs. And so they would be trine, meaning that there's easier compatibility there. And yeah, I I would say I could definitely see the stereotypes of like an earth sign who's very grounded, having a little hard time interacting with somebody that's very fiery and passionate. (laughs) And then I could see somebody that's an air sign that just is, is interested in information and in logic, having a hard time dealing with a very emotional (laughs) water sign. There's also modalities. So there's fixed signs, cardinal signs, and mutable signs. And so you'll see each element represented in all of them. So of all of the elements, the fixed signs would include Leo, Aquarius, Scorpio, and Taurus. And so that's all of the elements being fixed. And so their personalities tend to be a little bit unwavering. <laughs> and so there, there's commonalities between them too, but there could also be some challenges of two fixed people trying to get along. And then there's mutable signs, which I believe are Gemini, Sagittarius, Virgo, and Pisces. And then there's cardinal signs, which are Capricorn, Cancer, Aries, and Libra. And I have a lot of Leo and Scorpio in my chart. And so I know 
fix signs pretty well. Cardinal signs, I know that they're the kind of like the guiders of of the zodiac. And whereas mutable signs are the ones that I think are just needed <laughs> to balance everything else out. Why are Geminis and Scorpios so hated by everyone? Why did people pick those signs to pick on? I'm so glad you asked this. <laughs> I think it's because, in my opinion, they are the most dynamic. I think a Gemini is dynamic and that how they feel from one minute to the next might differ. <laughs> you know, what they their belief systems might differ as well from one moment to the next or from one period of their life into the next. I, th I think that that's, that's something that is hard for some people. So if you can think of like a fixed sign that's like, whoa, like things need to be kind of rigid. And I, I believe, you know, the way that you present yourself to me should be how you present yourself all of the time. And I think Geminis struggle with that because they are dynamic. And there there is kind of like an air of chaos. <laughs> That they do tend to bring but because I'm a Leo rising my 11th house and my 11th house is about friendships and it's about group I tend to have a lot of Gemini friends and why people hate Scorpios again back to being dynamic I think they're emotional dynamic of they can dive into some pretty deep stuff and uncomfortable stuff that most people do not want to go <laughs> some people actively avoid very like hard difficult conversations introspection and i think that that's just where the scorpio lives and and uh, yeah i i can see how somebody might think a gemini is manipulative or a scorpio is toxic it all depends also like if a sign is evolved or not evolved so a sign that is evolved it's they've taken like their own journey to being the best version of themselves an unevolved sign is like somebody that's just regardless of their sign they were never going to be a good person <laughs> or like a healthy person or like a person that cares about you know self-actualizing or whatever but you know you can't change that i think anybody and everybody has the ability to transform and evolve and change their ways if they'd like do you think astrological personalities differ by gender? Is a Scorpio man typically different than a Scorpio woman? Or, I guess, for any other sign? What do you think about that? Yes, but I don't know if I would, if I know, like, the right way to articulate it. I hear a lot of people say, avoid Scorpio men, but Scorpio women are great. I think you could say that about most signs. Just avoid men. Yeah, yes, warning sign, just a man is a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> that's their yeah a man's sign is a red flag <laughs> um no but that made me think of opposite signs which i'm not sure if we've talked about yet so like every sign has its opposite and it there's some signs that are like so opposite they're almost the same kind of like a, a leo and an aquarius so a leo is kind of like the star of the show like they they tend to go in professional paths that are in theater or like in acting, I'm, I'm sure Hollywood has so many Leos. And I also think of like J-Lo, like <laughs> just like this star quality. And then Aquarius is like the opposite of that. Like they want to be different. Like they do tend to be a little bit more contrarian. They try to stand out and be unique. And that's just another way of like getting attention. <laughs> so there is just like the similar, but but different, different, but not. But to me, there, there is one opposite sign group that 
I think is like pretty different. And that's Aries and Libra. So Aries, which I feel like I've talked a lot about, (laughs) is a sign that's like very self-assured. Very like when I think of Aries, I think of the sound me, 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 me. And that's that's I think everybody could benefit from some aspect of that. Like, sure, put yourself first, have confidence, do not think. And then there's Libra, which is the opposite of that, which is like always thinking of partnerships, always thinking of balance, always thinking of we, like when it comes to making decisions, it's like, well, what does this person think about that? Or how will that person be impacted by it? And lacking that, sometimes like that initiative to make decisions on your own. So when I think of opposite signs that are very different, that's one of the ones that comes to mind. So. You touched on something earlier, and that made me wonder, do you believe that religion and astrology can coexist? Can someone be very into astrology at the same time they're into religion? Or do you think of astrology as a religion itself? I've definitely heard some people that live in both worlds talk about it and articulate it in such a like powerful way of just... Because it all comes down to, like, do you believe that there's a higher being? The higher being could be, like, the universe, the stars, God, you know, any other kind of religious figure. It could be that. And so at the at the end of it, it's like, do you believe? <laughs> and so I, I'd say that there's definitely some overlap. I am not somebody that has spent a lot of time in religion I feel like my parents took the approach of like my parents were much older when they they had me and so they were just like we're gonna go to church like feel free to come if you want (laughs) which I think is very non-traditional and so I I didn't get to live in both worlds for very long but I yeah I, I think that they can definitely coexist but in many ways I think astrology along with many other things like it is kind of tied to my belief system and my religion <laughs> do you think of the universe as a sentient being that is planning out and devising things for you because I've heard you mention the universe has these plans for you what does that mean it means I'm delusional no I'm just kidding <laughs> it means I'm in spiritual psychosis no I'm just kidding it I, I guess I do I do think of the universe as like a sentient being kind of like a godlike figure of like it's it's kind of interchangeable of like the universe god the divine I've I've, I've heard it be said a lot of different ways for me I think the universe is the most comforting <laughs> way of saying and thinking about it because I think whenever you think of god you, you think of a religious group and I, I don't personally feel tied to any when I think of like the divine that's a beautiful thing to say but it just feels kind of unnatural to me so I just say like the universe so I do think of it as just whatever higher being higher power force out there that's guiding us so what are the stars telling us about what is happening in the world right now and what is the universe thinking why is she or he doing this to us what's going on Daisy Oh man, the universe is teaching us so much. So like there's also transits. So that is how planets move across the sky. And so that's why like different seasons, like astrological seasons, like right now we're in Sagittarius season. Right now it's in Mars retrograde. Mercury retrograde is coming at the end of this year and we're starting 
2023 in Mercury retrograde. And then we're going to have a Saturn return. Saturn's going to move out of Aquarius into Pisces. And that's like a huge thing. We're also going to have, you know, planets like Jupiter move into different planets. And I believe Pluto is also getting out of Capricorn and moving into Aquarius. And so Pluto is what I think of like the generation planet. So millennials are Pluto in Scorpio. And so Gen Z was Pluto in Sagittarius. Gen Alpha was Pluto in Capricorn. So now we're moving into whatever generation that is, is Pluto in Aquarius. You might have to fact check me on that. (laughs) Or it might just be, yes, I think you might have to fact check me on that. But yeah, like things are things are happening. Every single sign has a different element and a different thing to bring. And so I would say that the universe is is gearing us up for some change. Wait a minute. I thought Pluto was no longer considered a planet. When I was really young and I found out Pluto wasn't a planet, I literally cried, Daisy. I'm not even kidding. I was so upset about it. So it is a planet under astrology. It definitely is. And it's yeah, it's like the slowest moving planet in astrology too as well but we still consider it a planet and it's like the generation planet so it stays in a sign for 15 years (laughs) and then it changes out so the fact that it's changing out of a sign relatively soon the last time it changed was 15 years ago that's kind of huge we are gonna see some some shifts some changes good i love pluto it's my favorite planet i still think of it as a planet so we are coming up on time But I did have one quick question for you, which is, if I didn't know anything about astrology, even after listening to this podcast, and I wanted to date someone that was really into astrology, what should I do? What would my pickup line be? What could I say? I hate men. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. This question feels extra hard, but I think it's just me. Honestly, like as cheesy as it was for all of those years, like it feels like 20 years ago that what's your sign I feel like that that would do it for me like I I really like that question maybe something cute like uh, you know like the girls or whoever is being pursued says their sign and then they're like oh my god that's the sign I've been waiting for or asking for like something like that would be cute but I think like you'd probably probably had the best answer for this you're very witty so like I'm interested to hear what you would say like what do you think would be a good pickup line I don't have a pickup line, but I did think of another question, and I wanted to ask it of you earlier. Do you believe in soulmates, and do you think you have one soulmate? I do. Like, I feel like at the end of the day, I'm just like, I think that there is somebody that will get your soul and your spirit and value it. It might be your sister. It might be your best friend. It might be a coworker. It might be somebody that was much older than you, but, you know, kind of like a mentor role. I do believe that those type of connections exist. And again, it's it can be so platonic. But in, in terms of like a love soulmate, I think I'm going to choose to believe that they do. <laughs> Just because it would make, you know, this dating scene almost worth it. <laughs> So I would say, yeah, why not? I do believe that soulmates are real. Why not? Thank you so much, Daisy. That was so interesting and informative. I'm maybe going to use that line on someone. Baby, what's your sign? The grocery store. I don't know. I feel like I'd get arrested. (laughs) I love that. Please do. And then just let us know how that goes. You might find your soulmate, actually. Hey, baby, what's your sign at the 
at the self-checkout. That would be so funny. Caution. Something I never had too often. Though lately I catch myself waiting. Making reasons to stay inside and watch the world just pass me by. I wonder why I tend to avoid motion. I'm just in it for the mystical experience.